0: If you're watching online, glad you're here with us watching as well. Uh, Listen, um, a lot of things are still happening. A lot of ministry is still taking place. Even this past week, we've had several uh, people um, we've taken meals to and that are just kind of a, some bad situation is going on. And uh, we've also, there's one actually lady in our church, uh, she's uh, works, uh, she's the head of uh, one of the school's cafeteria and um, since this whole virus thing hit our nation, uh, she and her team have delivered, get this, they've cooked and delivered 50,000 meals to young people in our community. Come on, that's amazing, that's amazing. Our oil changing team continues to minister. Had several uh, cars recently. They've been doing, uh, helping out the widows. And... um Single mothers and helping even getting their air conditioners running again, and uh, just love our church. I love the, the generosity that uh, you bring to our community and helping others and just uh, shout outs to all of you and thank you for your love that you show, as well as our new building uh, is continuing to be uh, uh, built and um, this past week, again, more sheet rocks being thrown up on the wall a lot of Mud's kind of having a hard time drying because of the weather and the humidity, but we're hopefully hopefully we'll be in uh, this week. Be starting some painting on Wednesday. That's cool, and uh, so we're just moving right along with the building. Thank you for your prayers about that and your giving and making that all possible. So uh, the Pope was visiting the United States. He landed in the New York and had his own kind of special plane, and the chauffeur uh, drove out to his plane to meet him and to pick him up and. And the chauffeur was standing there and the Pope came off the plane. The chauffeur had his door open. The Pope looked at the young man and said, son, I've been doing this for years now. You know when the last time I w- it was that I drove a car myself? Everywhere I go, people drive for me. I just want to drive. Why don't you let me drive and you sit in the back seat? The chauffeur says, well, Mr. Pope, I don't think I can do that. I'm supposed to, but, but you can do it. I'll make sure God forgives you and all is well. Well, I I can't argue with the Pope. So the Pope threw him in the back, and the Pope opened the door got him behind the driver's seat, clicked his little seatbelt, and he just put that accelerator all the way to the floor. He screeched out of that tarmac, down out of the airport, into the interstate, and he's weaving and bobbing through traffic going 95 miles an hour. He's just grinning from ear to ear. He hadn't had that much fun. Since he was a little kid, and suddenly there's some blue lights and some sirens, and sure enough, the chauffeur was pulled over to the side, uh, and the Pope, I mean, and pulled over to the side, and the police comes up and taps on the window, and the Pope rolls down the window, and the policeman took a step back and goes, are you the Pope? He says, uh, yes, yes, I am. He goes, hold on a second, Mr. Pope, and so he goes to the squad car and calls the captain, and he says, Captain, we got problems. He goes, what's the problem? He goes, I just pulled over somebody going 95 miles an hour. What's the problem with that? I don't know, but it's a very, very important person. He goes, well, how important are they? He goes, are they more important than the mayor? He goes, yes, sir, Captain, they are. Well, more important than the governor? Yeah, Captain. More important than the president? Probably, yep, I would say more important than the president. Then... Who in the world is it? Well, I really don't know because I can't see through the windows, but he's so important that the Pope is driving for him. <laughs> mm. Oh my. Well, whenever I go to buy a plane ticket or something like that, sometimes I've been asked this question, or actually most of the time, you have too. I get everything just the way I want I Got the right seat, got the right flight, got the right time, got the right place. I check it all over, hit the little, you know, purchase now, and instead of the purchasing, you know, screen coming up, I get this, upgrades available. Do you want upgrades? And I read through these things, and it's like, you know, first class, and, you know, a car, and a hotel, and all these other things. I'm like, yeah, I'll take all that, you know, click those buttons, and then the, the price is like three times as much as I'm like, oh, it's okay, I'll... I'll do the low grade. Come on. So, uh, I'll just sit back. Throw me a pretzel every once in a while back in the back. I'm going to go there. And uh, so, but I found that in, in, in just like even purchasing a ticket and they offer an upgrade. When you come to know Jesus, There is an upgrade that comes to your life as well. Now, many people would call that the fruit of the Spirit in the church world. We can call it that. We can call it upgrades. But what they are are the nine different characteristics of Jesus that now become available to us. And not just available, they become inside. They come inside. They move inside of you. You actually have them in seed form. In fact, let's read what those are. Galatians chapter 5, it tells us what they are. In fact, if you wouldn't mind just reading along with me, and let's just read these together. But the fruit of the Spirit... Now, come on now, how many know those are some good, good gifts right there, fruits right there just available to you? Those are good upgrades. Anybody that would have any of those upgrades, especially all of them, would be somebody you want to be around, an upgrade. Upgrades are available. Last, uh, two weeks ago, we started these, this series talking about the first one, which would be love. when There's three types of love. The greatest of those was the word, this was what it's referred to, the agape form of love, which is God's love which means a love that is unconditional. That's an amazing type of a gift, a fruit that God gives us, the ability to love someone that most people would say is not lovable. And then the second week, we talked about joy, which was last week, the fruit of joy. And uh, it was a a wonderful, wonderful topic. Would you agree? All four of you, thank you for agreeing with me about that. (laughs) You were ministered very much, I can tell. Uh, Everybody smile at me and say, I heard the message. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're Mm joy. But we unpacked joy a little bit. We talked about how A joy really flows from a heart of hope. And when you realize you have purpose and that God has a plan for your life, it just naturally brings joy to your life. We talked about how joy powers through circumstances. And because of this thing inside of you, it becomes a strength to you, something that you can run to in Jesus. It's the purest form of God's presence. When when, when you experience God's presence, in that is fullness of joy. And that how praise and worship really activates joy in our life. And so that brings us to our topic today. We're going to talk about peace. I think this topic today is something that our world that we're living in at this moment really, really is in need of. Would you agree with that? Amen. Peace. What, is, what brings you peace? When I mention that word, peace, what, what, what do you think about maybe when, you think of peace. What what kind of memories perhaps come to your, your mind? I'm sure you, something to deal with calmness or tran- tranquility or quietness, stillness. Um, we probably have things, some of you would say, well, sitting on a beach with a beach chair with a good book, come on, and some seagulls flying over and the waves crashing against the beach. And uh, no kids around, just just all by myself. That that's peace. I just have peace there. Right? We all have these moments when we capture what we think perhaps is a little bit of peace. I remember um, my wife and I. We had uh, gone on vacation. We were at this lake in the Midwest, a large large lake. And I, I grew up on lakes, and I love the water. And and so. Uh, we had this boat that um, uh, was in a rented slip for about a week. And, and uh, so I told my wife one night, I said, listen, I'm going to go down to the boat dock. There's about a hundred other boats there. And I'm just going to spend the night on the boat on the lake. She goes like, like in the dock. Like I said, yeah, just, I'm going to just, I just, you know, it's going to be fun. I'm just you know, and so I, I took my sleeping bag. I took my pillow. She's like, "You're on your own." You know, so I'm not doing that. So I went down there, had my sleeping bag, my pillow, and I lay down on in the floor in the bottom of that boat. And you really couldn't see me. I was kind of down a little bit. And and uh, man, I'm listening to the 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 frogs on the bank and the crickets, and then the water's kind of lapping against the side of that boat and the noise it was making, and the wind was gently blowing and I thought to myself, I, have a, I could just go to heaven and be like, and just I'm there. This is heaven. This is heaven to me. And just enjoy it. Have my little Bible, had a little flashlight. And uh, I heard some noise coming up, some, some people coming, walking up towards the dock. And it kept getting closer and louder. And it was about four guys, they were in their 20s carrying a cooler. And uh, they got about towards my boat and just got a little bit past my boat, didn't see me. And then they hopped into a boat and I thought, well, I guess they're going to go fishing for the night, you know. And um, But they didn't go anywhere. They just sat there. I heard the... And, you know, the, and, uh, you know and, uh, and I said, surely they're going to leave at some point. This is ruining my peaceful moment. And uh, they wouldn't leave. They didn't go anywhere. They just... They just sat there telling very bad jokes. I mean evil jokes. You know what I'm saying? Like crude jokes, like stupid, you know. I just you know they got like worse and worse. I'm like, oh And so I'm like, do I go cheer Jesus? Do I, you know, what, do I just sit here and pray for them? Do I, but whatever, they're ruining my night, you know? And so finally, after about an hour and a half, I couldn't take it anymore. And I'm like, you know, I'm done with this whole thing. They've robbed me of my peace. They've robbed me of my moment. Then I picked up my my, my sleeping bag and my pillow, and I got out of the boat, and they were like, oh, you know, they didn't even know I was there. <laughs> I like scared them into, you know, Jesus. But anyway, I walked out, and... Went home, got home, Liz is like, what, what, what happened? Where's your peace? I'm like, I lost it. It was down there. They guys messed it all up. Bunch of drunks, you know. But anyway, I, I, I want you to know that even today, though, I do believe even our next generation is starting to get, catch on to this word peace, you know. Uh, they're starting to get a hang of I was playing basketball with some guys uh, a few nights ago and I was getting ready to leave and they go, Peace out, baby. I'm like, Whoa. Oh. They're getting it. Peace is taking over. It's the next generation, peace out, they said. And then I was talking to another guy. He goes, yeah, man, I got a piece. Let me show you my piece. He pulls out a gun. I'm like, whoa, that's an Alabama piece right there. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and then, I, of course, I heard another guy say, you want a piece of me? I'm like, whoa, that's not the piece I need. <laughs> I mean, there's all sorts of peace out there. Uh, the point is tonight, I want, this morning, I want to tell you that you can and do everything right to get peace and still, still find that peace eludes you. What does peace actually mean? Well, if you look it up, a definition form would be a state of tranquility or a state of quietness, freedom from disturbance on the inside and even the outside, freedom from oppressive thoughts and emotions. Our world has been filled with people that have sought for peace their whole life. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. But can I just inform you this morning of all the history that, if you would take the history of man 3,400 years backwards, 3,400 years backwards and find how many years have there been in the earth where there's not been some kind of a conflict or war, you would find that there'd be only 268 years of total peace on earth in the span of 3,400 years. That's like 8% of the history of the world has ever been a cumulative amount of peace in the earth. In fact, in that same period in Europe alone, there's been over 8,000 peace treaties signed and none of them ever kept. How many could say that peace on earth is probably more a fantasy than it is a reality? Come on. We're seeing it even in our own country, even in the season, just an, a turmoil, and upheaval, and, and people are are you know upset and they're angry a lot and they're they're, they're trying to they're trying to uh, find peace. There's a there's a there's a, a desire, man. We just can everyone just get along. Can we just all, all just love one another and have some peace? Because the opposite of peace is distress and anxiety and conflict and agitation. And quarrelling and hostility, and i'm uh, frankly, if you don't that 's not something I want to live with. how many here want to live with that I just can 't wait today i 'm a bunch of hostilities coming my way, and i 'm ready for it. Woo, bring it on no we we run from that, but i 'm here to tell you this morning that God has given us a fruit of his spirit, a characteristic of himself called peace, and if you know and experience peace. You'll never want anything less than that. In fact, I, I don't even think I would want to even live my life without peace. Wow. It's that valuable to me. I've walked with the Lord for a long time now, and I've found this. It's almost as if it's like um something that is um uh, it's, it's just first hand. What do you call second hand? Is that what the word? It's like second hand. It's like yeah. I I, I just, I walk it, I enjoy it. You've experienced the same thing, I'm sure. And man, when you don't have it, you really, really miss it and realize it completely. But here's the good news. You don't have to ask for peace. Now this is, uh, some people, this is gonna be like revelation. You don't have to ask God for peace. You know why? Because it's already in you. The moment you ask Jesus to come into your life, he brought with him the fruit of the Spirit called peace. Come on. So you don't have to ask him, God, I just need some peace. God's saying, well, you already have it. Why are you asking for something you already have? You just need to begin to activate the peace that's within you. We'll talk about how that, what that looks like in just a few minutes. But look at this. The kingdom of God, Romans 14, verse 7. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God wants you to live a life where you experience the fruit of joy all the time. This isn't something that should be like a rare moment where you go, "Woo! I finally had some peace for about an hour today. No, your whole life needs to be lived in a sense, in a place of, of peace that's available to you now because Jesus said in John 14, peace I give to you, not even as the world gives, I give. So let's talk about this. What, what, what causes a conflict? What, what creates this lack of peace in our life? Well, can I just say this? There will always be things in life that will cause you trouble. Aren't you glad you came this morning? <laughs> Let me just say that one more time because you loved it so much. <laughs> there will always be things in your life that will cause you trouble. There will always... Everybody say always. Always. Everybody say trouble. Trouble. Now trouble is, sometimes it comes in many forms and many fashions, but there's all sorts of trouble. Let's talk about sorts of troubles. Number one, the trouble, difficult circumstances. Difficult circumstances. Psalms 34, 19. The righteous person, you're going to like this. The righteous person, how many righteous people raise your hand? Raise your hand. Righteous people, got any righteous? We got about, 10% righteous here this morning. Man, I am glad you came today. You need this message. How many righteous we have this morning? Come on, you know Jesus, you're righteous. Raise your hand, all right? Here we go. Look at this. The righteous person faces many troubles. Hello. Not even say a few. We don't even have like, you know, a little bit of a good news. We're like, what, how about every once in a while? I mean, no, the righteous person faces many troubles, but but the Lord comes to the rescue each and every time. Amen. Mm. Come on. I love that. A trouble. In the Hebrew, it's an affliction, it's an evil, it's an adversity. It's a, a wrong that's been done to you. James 1, verse two, "Dear brothers and sisters. When troubles, not if, when troubles of any kind come your way, just consider it an opportunity for great joy. Amen. Come on. When trouble walks in the room, go woo! I got an opportunity for joy right here. Come on. Yeah, it's an opportunity. Trouble is an opportunity. I love one of our ladies in our church. She heads up our journey class and. And she never has ever come to me and said, "Uh, Pastor, we got a problem. She never says that. I've learned over time, she says, Pastor, we got a great opportunity in front of us. (laughs) That has changed my life. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of your opportunities. Can we get another word? (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this is like trouble here, Dumb, d- but not when, uh, not not if, but when. And Paul talks about this time when the Bible, the book of Acts, talks about when Paul was uh, in a in a boat and he was heading towards um, Rome was to, to to go stand trial and. He was on board with a bunch of men and, and, uh, and the Bible says that the storm a storm came and it was a, literally a typhoon. It was a, a strong, literally the, the word storm used there uh, was a wind so strong that you're not going to escape it. <laughs> it. You're not coming out of this. It's a, it was like a hurricane and being caught in the middle of a hurricane in the ocean and, and this wind came against them and to, to the Bible says where the men literally gave up hope. The Bible says they finally gave up hope of being saved. And, and, but the, here's the good news. They had a guy on board who was filled with the fruit of peace. Now, when, when you're in a lot of trouble, what you need is somebody that's a good friend who walks with the fruit of peace. You need to get around those companies. So, so all these guys, they're, they're, they're losing their mind. They, they're going without food. They're working around the clock trying to keep this boat floating. They're throwing cargo over. They're throwing anchors off. They're, they're, thro- they're tying ropes around the bottom of the boat and trying to keep it together. They're, they're doing everything they can to make sure that this thing doesn't sink. And, and Paul's just, you know, the picture of Paul is just kind of like watching everything going on, you know? And uh, finally, Paul, they're, they're, this has gone on for days and um, days. Finally, Paul steps up and goes, hey, guys, um, listen, an angel came to me and told me that we're going to be all right. It's, it's, this is no big deal. We're, we're going to be fine. Everybody's going to make it. Yeah, whatever. You know, come on, throw it in there, yeah, yeah. And I, I, No, I'm serious, guys. In fact, God told me to tell you, you haven't eaten for a while. And, and in order to get to shore, you're all going to need some strength. So everybody needs to eat right now. Whatever food we got, we need to eat right now. And, and so he's passing out some sandwiches, and they're eating their chips and sandwiches. And, and he goes, it's going to be okay. Everything's fine. It's all right. Don't you love being around people like that in the midst of craziness? They're like, it's okay. It's all right. Everything's fine. Look, you know, the kids are really going to grow up and be outstanding citizens one day it's, gonna, it's all going to be okay I love those kind of people that speak reality and bring peace into my life there will be troubles that come our way in difficult circumstances. But Paul had this peace, this level-headedness, this rest, this controlled attitude that brought strength to everyone on board. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Many times, God puts you right in the middle of trouble so you, everybody around you can have an opportunity to experience what peace looks like. Come on, somebody. Yeah, that's right. Set aside, get it, calm down, peace has arrived. Now you're not peace, but you got something inside you called peace, the peace of Christ, and it changes everything. The second thing that causes trouble, you're going to like this, is frustrating people. You ever met anybody? Be quiet. I mean, don't do not yeah, come on. Be careful how you answer this, but you know what I'm talking about. Frustrating people. They come in all shapes and sizes, ages and descriptions. Frustrating people. Like all you can do is scratch your head and go, seriously? you That kind of a person. Frustrating people. They can shake up our peace. Psalms 109 verse 2 through 5, just read this part. With words of hatred, the psalmist says, they surround me and they attack me without cause. They, they, these people have lost their mind. They're, they're the, and by what they're doing, it doesn't even make sense. They are causing my peace to be disturbed. I was talking to an individual once, and, and it seemed like when I was around this individual many times, the conversation would end up evolving towards this other individual that this person knew that was constantly causing them conflict or agitation, or disturbing them, or making them angry, or upset. And over a period of time, finally I said to this person, I said, it's amazing to me how this other person that you keep referring to from time to time has so much control over your life. They said, well, they don't have control over my life. I said, well, absolutely. They rule you. You have given them your peace. No, I didn't give him my peace. Oh, yeah, you did. How do you know I did? Because every time you talk about him, you're all aggravated and agitated and stressed out and angry. You have literally allowed this frustrating person to rob you of a very wonderful upgrade that was given to you upon your salvation. My suggestion to you would be just to give them over to the Lord and not allow them to rob you of your peace anymore. Sometimes you need to look somebody in the eye and go, you know what, sweetheart? You're not going to rob me of my peace. And you just need to walk out the room. Yeah, you're going to rob me of my peace. No. Nope. As Medea says, I'll show you my peace. Come on. <laughs> you got to protect your peace. You really do. Number three, what, what causes trouble in my life? Uncontrollable worry uncontrollable worry. Matthew 6, Jesus says, I tell you this, don't worry about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or about your body, what you're going to wear. Sweetheart, you're never going to always be a size 6, you're going to be a 12. You're going to be a 15. I don't even know dress sizes, but it sounds right to me. Your body Things fall apart, droop, and everything changes. I better move on. Don't worry. Life's more, it's not life more important than food and the body more than clothes. Just don't worry about it. Just quit getting uptight about it. They did a survey. They did a true story. They did a survey, and they asked a group of people, what is, if you could be given one thing in your life. What would be that one thing that would be free that you, you have always wanted, but you just don't have? What would that be? And the large majority of them all answered this one word. They said, I would like to have peace. I, would, I, would like, I, just, I just want some peace. I need peace in my marriage. I need peace in my home. I need peace with my kids. I need peace on the job. I need peace in our neighborhood, in our community, in our city. I I just would like to see some kind of peace. Now we got in America, we have everything possible you could ever need to help you. We've got the finest psychological centers there are. We got incredible hospitals. We got incredible institutions of higher learning. We've got incredible technologies and communication capabilities. But with all of those resources available at our fingertips, still the number one need of a person is peace She can't seem to find peace but yet Jesus said peace I leave with you my peace not like the world gives give it to you so do not let your heart be troubled hello do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid so the question is how do I get peace. How many would like to know how to get some peace? Just a little peace. Just, I just need a little peace. Here we go. Number one, you have to just first off receive God's pardon. Now many of you here to, today, you probably have done that. This is not something new to you. you have, what do I mean by that? You asked Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins, of your past of your faults, of your shortcomings, of your failures. And when you asked him to come into your life, he somehow removed all of that from your life. No more shame, no more guilt. It's like, like a, a criminal who's in jail serving time. And yet by the stroke of a pen, he is granted a pardon. And now because of the pen that's been placed on the paper from a very powerful person, the jail cell is now open and his clothes are given back to him and he walks back as a free person into society and his record has been expunged as if it never happened and he's a free person. Why? What happened? He experienced the pardon. I'm telling you that when you ask Jesus into your life, guess what? A pardon came into your life and with that pardon came this thing that you've never known before called the peace of God. If you don't know Jesus, you've never known peace. You can only receive this kind of peace that I'm talking about once you've asked Jesus into your life. You need Jesus. Can somebody say amen right now? You need Jesus. You can't find it in the bar. You can't find it in a nicer car. You can't find it in a bigger house. But you can find it, my friend, in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Secondly, how do I receive peace? I have to run into God's presence. In his presence. The old boy was talking to his friend and he was really happy. He said to his friend, he goes, I, I was talking to my therapist and he told me how to find peace. And so I've been, I practice it today and I'm feeling pretty good. His eyes are all big and he's kind of standing kind of like this. He goes, well, what did your therapist say? Well, my therapist told me If I wanted peace, all I had to do was finish all the things in my life that I've started and never finished. So what'd you do? Well, I went home and I finished that bottle of red wine and I finished that bottle of white wine and then I finished that bottle of Prozac and I finished that bottle of Valium and then I finished that cheesecake. And then I finished off the box of chocolates. And I'm feeling good right now. know? <laughs> I mean, that's not how you get peace. That's temporary at best. But lasting peace is found in the presence of our God. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep us, talking about our Father, you will keep us in perfect peace, whose minds are steadfast, or set upon you because they trust in you. When you set your mind on the Lord, when you constantly throughout your day, bring God into that moment, when you position yourself on a moment by moment basis, always in the presence of God, I'm telling you, you will learn to live in the peace of God. How many want the peace of God in your life? Amen, amen. Number three, how do I get peace? I have to respect God's principles. Now, this Bible is more than just a just more than just a book of, you know, easy reading before you go to sleep. It's full of principles. Full of principles when I was in grade, grade school, the teacher would teach us algebra and, and English and these kinds of things. And they would say to us, now listen, you need to pay attention, JP, because if you don't learn this principle here today, you're not going to be able to learn the principle next week because all the principles build on each other. So you got to pay attention. So I'm here to tell you that if you will pay attention to the principles, the, 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 the guidelines, the, the, the statutes laid out in the Word of God, then you're going to begin to experience an incredible amount of peace in your life. Because this Bible right here has for us laid out principles, principles on how to have a great marriage. You know, just your mom and dad, made, didn't, they didn't write the book on a good marriage, you know, Mr. Phil didn't even write uh, the manual on a good marriage. I can tell you that this book right here has given you the manual, the principles of how to have a good marriage, how to have a great uh, friendships with people, how to handle your finances and if you will obey these principles on how to how to have a good marriage and do what you got to do to have a good marriage or to handle your finances or raise your children or to um, treat other people and enter into a thing called forgiveness if you'll if you will obey these principles guess what you're going to experience the peace of God in your life <laughs> these are not these are not like Rules to make you miserable. These are these are guidelines to bring you into peace. So, not, so one, you have to be obedient to the principles laid out in the Word. Secondly, you have to have faith. Faith. What do you mean faith? Look at Colossians three fifteen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace, and be thankful. There's many decisions that you and I have to make in the course of our lifetime. And many of those decisions, you're not gonna find the answer in this book. Now, this book does have principles, but there are some things that you're just not gonna find in this book. There are times, and maybe you've experienced this, where you've cried out to God and I've said this, I've said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do, just tell me. Have you ever prayed that? Anybody ever prayed that for besides me? I'm, I'm not hard to deal with here. I'm just a willing servant. Just tell me what you want me to do. Do I buy this house or do I keep renting? Buy or rent. Buy or rent. I don't, can't find it in the word. God speak to my heart. Buy or rent. Buy or rent. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Come on, you don't talk? That's all you get, is crickets. Nothing, nothing. So I take this job? Is this presented to me? Do I keep this job that I've had? Do God, do I marry this person? Or do I keep applying to, you know, e-harmony? You know, what, do I do? what? <laughs> how? <laughs> Well, God, what in the world am I supposed to do? Do I pay cash or do I get a loan? Do I go to this school? Do I get that school? Do I not go to school? Do I go to trade school? Do I, do I need to change my major and get another degree? Do I need to get a master's or do I keep a, God, would you just talk to me? And God says many times, nothing. And you're like, how am I supposed to follow the Lord if He's not talking? That's a great question. Maybe He is talking, and you're not aware. Maybe there's something inside of you that if you pay attention and follow that, then that would be your answer. Mm. So... So, trying to explain the peace of God is hard because the Bible says that that He gives us a peace that passes understanding. Basically, I'm trying to explain something to you that I don't even understand. And you're trying to understand something you don't even understand. Come on. But but it's worth talking about. So, So, I was dating this girl before I ever met Melissa and we ended up getting married. I was dating this girl for about nine months. And she was in the church. She loved God. She was, you know, everything wonderful about her. And I literally had men on the staff of this large church uh, who loved me, cared for me. They pulled me, in, literally two different pastors pulled me into the side, into their office, closed the door. JP, you dating anybody? Um, no, no. You need, to, you need to think about that girl right there. And they pulled me out. JP, I, whew, man, you need it. I'm like, is that a word from God? I mean, you telling me is it a, what is that? Oh no, not a word from God. We're just telling you you need to open your eyes. So we we dated for about nine months. And and um and everybody was like, you know, that's cool, that's good, you got But down deep in right right in here, this is this conversation that I'm trying to explain, it doesn't make sense. right down in here somewhere was this like little little gnawing little thought that this isn't all okay it was just like faint It was like that little tick in the engine you hear from time to time that you're like ah who cares it's still running you know, not about just it, we're having fun we're going to the mall we do something on a Saturday night you know hung, fun to hang out with somebody you know it's all good but down deep when I come home it's like this like a little mm-hmm. come on you don't don't look at me like I'm weird you know what I'm talking about right <laughs> Right? This makes sense? But I keep, I kept on, I kept on going. Well, well, now I'm looking back. What was going on was I had, my peace was being disturbed. God wasn't confirming this with his peace. And, and, but I was, kept trying to convince myself that this was the right decision because it just seemed like I had two pastors pull me into their office, and said, hey, hey. I, had, I mean, you know, she, she, she had kept checked off all the marks in the boxes. And, 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 but but, but what's, what's up with this? What's up here? This isn't grooving with my, my head. And, 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 and it was the peace of God. And so, but I kept ignoring this peace and so finally, God in his mercy, thank God for his mercy. I had a dream one night and it was one of those dreams that literally you felt like you were right there. It was literally happening in real time. You ever had one of those dreams? I mean, it was happening. This was, and I believe this was literally a dream from God. And in this dream, I, I had married this girl. We had a wedding and the ceremony and everything and gone to the reception and greeted everybody. And this was all happening in my dream. And then I went to the men's room to change clothes, to get ready to go onto our honeymoon. And as I'm changing clothes, in my dream, my God, God says to me, in my dream, he says, you will never know what I had planned for you. Right. In my dream. I put on my shirt, in my dream, you'll never know what I, got, I had planned for you. What? <laughs> what? No! 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 And then I woke up. I'm like, you know, in my dream like, no, no. I, I wake up and I look at the ceiling, I'm looking beside me to see if there's a woman there. I'm like, what is going on <laughs> here? And there was no one, I'm like, oh, thank God. It was a dream, it was a dream, it was a dream. Thank you, God, thank you. And I literally, no, I slipped out of the bed onto my knees and I asked God for forgiveness for ignoring the peace that he had given me, that he, in that still small voice, in that disturbed peace, he had been talking to me for nine months, but I wanted my own way, I wanted my own thing, and I had two, two people, the preachers, telling me it was a good thing. I had, I had evidence, I had my I had documents, I had I had but this right here, and when I acknowledged that I had hurt God's heart and I had not followed God's plan, I repented, I called her up. It was a short little conversation. I said, hey, listen, I just want you to know I had a dream. She's like, okay. And uh, God spoke to me in the dream. Okay. uh, Listen, it's been fun. We've had a good time. You're a wonderful person, but this isn't going to work. God says, no, it's not. This isn't going to work. Have a good day. We'll see (laughs) (laughs) you. I didn't have a lot of guts, you know. (sighs) And thank God, because I would have missed this. I would have missed that. I would have missed that. I mean, I I could have missed out on, so thankfully that dream didn't come to pass, you know, and I did find what God had in store for me. But the per- point I'm making is that we all live when we ask Jesus into our heart with this with this peace that he gives us. It's, it's right here, it's inside of us. And, and you know, with, that you know, that you know when you're making the right, you don't have to have some plane flying over, you know, your head, you know, heading towards the beach going, JP, don't buy that house. You know, not from God, not from, you don't need a billboard saying, sweetheart, don't marry, don't date that guy you know God you, you don't need to, you just need to know this peace identify it and do not violate it because it is the presence and the fruit of God's spirit in your life mm. and then lastly talking about uh, this trouble you just, to get out of this trouble, we have to just receive God's provision that He's already given us. Look at this, Philippians chapter 4. If you just want to read a happy book, read the book of Philippians. It's the, it's the happy book, it's a, it's a good book to keep you smiling. It's, a, it's written by a guy in jail, nonetheless, Paul. But, but get this, he says this Don't be anxious about anything. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't be anxious. Turn to your other neighbor neighbor and tell them, you're too worried. Come on, you're just too worried. You're too too keyed up. You're too tight. You're wound up too tight. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, everybody say everything. Everything. In every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what's going to happen? Oh, I'm glad you asked. And the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding. In other words, you can't explain. You don't, you don't know how to explain this. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word guard many of us have always thought, you know, guards protecting something from getting in, but it's also an offensive tool as well. It's someone that's watching out and going after something that's trying to penetrate or come after you. You have this thing, this gift, this, this fruit of the Spirit called peace that will literally guard your heart uh, and it will literally cause you to, to be able to identify things that will harm you or hurt you or steal from you. But the even more important than that, you got to understand this that peace does not mean the absence of adversity or the absence of problems or the absence of uh, stressful situations. But literally, the peace of God means not an absence of, but a presence of. The presence of God. It's not the absence of the trouble, it's just the presence of God in the midst of the trouble. Come on. It's God gives you something bigger than the problem. Our worship team wants you to come join us this morning as we close. But what's interesting to me is that when Jesus rose from the grave, he had been in the grave for three days. He went to death, died on the cross. You know the story. Went to the, to the grave, comes out three days, finds has gone, and he finds his boys, his, his disciples, and he wants to get, he wants to talk with them. He wants to he wants to see him again. I mean, there's been a lot that's going on in the last 72 hours. And he wants to kind of get back with his guys. Now, personally, if I'd have been the Messiah, if I'd have been the guy that, you know, had gone and died and gone into the grave and gone to hell and back, I'd have come, and I found my boys, I'd have come into that room going, Woo! Wow! What was that? Boys, I have had a trip. but I'm glad that's over. How y'all doing? Everybody good? Hey, got some keys here. Death, hell, and the grave. Here, throw Take one. What y'all want to know about hell? What y'all want to know about redemption? What y'all want to know? Come on. But no, here's Jesus. He walks into the room. He doesn't talk about the crucifixion. He doesn't talk about the resurrection. He he doesn't talk nothing about any of that stuff. He walks in and goes, Yo, I added that. He didn't say that. (laughs) He says, Peace be with you. He walks in, Hey, peace, peace, peace be with you. It says, Here's my hands, here's my side. And again, he says, I say it again, peace be with you. He's, never has Jesus said these words and much less said them twice, but he says it right there. Jesus waited till after the resurrection to offer these guys that he loves the greatest gift he could give them, he wanted them to know, guys. I went into that grave, and I've come out of that grave, and I got something to give you. It's a package. Come on, bring me my package, boys. And the angels come out. And they bring Jesus's package. He sets it down. He unwraps it. He goes, "Here is my peace. Hey, you need my peace. Here's the very gift that you didn't have before. Now I'm giving it to you. My peace I give unto you." Ooh! Isaiah in chapter 53 had prophesied about this very moment. He would say there would be a man that would come, a Messiah that would come, and he would be wounded for our transgressions. He would be bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement or the punishment or the beatings on his back would be for our peace. And his stripes, you would be healed. I'm telling you, even Isaiah saw it through the corridors of time, way before it happened, that when Jesus went into that grave and came out, he would give us all, now all, all of us, not just the disciples, something we never had before, the peace of God that passes all understanding. All understanding. You can take away my car, take away my dog, I don't have one. Take away my cat, I won't have one. Sorry. Don't take my peace. You can't have my peace. You're not going to trick me into getting my peace. You're not going to bribe me into giving my peace away. I don't care how pretty you are. I don't care how much money you have. You're not taking my peace. I will protect this right here. I will protect this peace because it is my lighthouse. It is my it is my GPS system. It is It is the very point that I have with God. It, it allows me to make clear decisions and right decisions and make the right moves, not the wrong moves. And, and I'm not going to ignore it. I, it may be a small little beep. It may not even make, make much noise at all, but I know when it's disturbed. I know when it's not hitting on all cylinders. And baby, when it's not hitting on all cylinders, I stop and I go, uh-uh. No, no, no. Hold on. What's wrong? Woo. Something not right. What do you mean? That only makes sense. I don't care if it makes sense. It's the peace. It's not right. It's not there. Jesus, and if we say peace in the Old Testament, they would say shalom. Isaiah says, "The peace of God, the shalom of God." You know what shalom means? Are oh, you gonna like this? Shalom means completeness, soundness. Safety, health, contentment, and fullness—that's exactly what Jesus came. He says, "Boys, I'm here to give you fullness and contentment, contentment and soundness, and safety, and health, and rest, and quietness. Here it is. It's what the world's been longing for for four thousand years." And now for the first time, it's here. I've been waiting for this moment. Peace, I give you. I say it again, he said, my peace, I give you. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment with me this morning? There may be in a room this size, some that would say, I sure do not identify with peace at all. Perhaps you've been in a situation where you've been running your life following everything you can find and still escaped peace. Can I say this to you this morning? What you need is Jesus. You need a pardon. You need to invite him into your life. You need to Ask him to forgive you. You need to make him literally the Lord of your life, where he's number one. He calls the shots, and, and you allow him to do it with joy. And laying your life down, saying, You know, I'm walking this way, but I'm going to turn around and walk that way with Jesus. If you hear this morning, you say, Pastor JP, that, see, that's me to a T. I realize that I've been running this race without Jesus. I want Him to be my Lord. I want Him to be my God, my Father. I want to pray with you right where you're sitting. If that's you, would just raise your hand right where you're at? Say, I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want Him to be the Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. Come on. I want Him to be the Lord of my life. Making Jesus the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father. Yes. Yes. Anybody else? i making Jesus the Lord of my life today making him the Lord of my life. I just want to pray a prayer with you this morning that those that raised your hands, maybe you didn't raise your hand. Would you just pray this word, so could we all do it together? Could you say this, Lord Jesus? I thank you for a pardon. For forgiving me. And I ask you to come into my heart and rule my life with your peace forgive me of my sins and be my father and I'll be your child in Jesus name I want to pray a prayer as well for others in this room by the way thank you for praying that prayer thank you for praying that prayer but for others in this room we all to some degree are living in a kind of in a moment of time where it's really kind of difficult and challenging to find peace. But maybe in your own personal life you found that your peace has been disturbed. And you have, in a sense, kind of like abandoned your peace. And today you realize I, I need to reposition my peace. I need to get it back in line. And you knew, you know that's a very real issue in your life right now. If that's you right where you're at, I'm gonna pray with you as well. Would would you raise your hand? I'm I'm repositioning. I'm I'm getting that peace back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. More. There's more hands than that. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing the hands, yes, all over the room. Yeah, get my peace back. Come on, who else? I'm gonna get my peace back. I'm gonna get my peace back. Yeah. See those hands, yes, in the back there. Yeah, you can put them down. Let me just pray this prayer. In fact, why don't we just all stand to our feet and can we all, everybody, just stand to our feet? And But those that raise their hand, I'm just gonna pray this prayer, Father God, right now, in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you, you, Lord, reconnect those that have raised their hand and kind of lost that peace in their life. In the name of Jesus, I pray today, God, that you will show up in their life like you did Jesus with the disciples, and and they will, Lord, receive the gift of peace that you've given us. That Lord God, that will return, that that peace will return again into their soul, to their heart. Lord, I pray today a reawakening of your peace, Lord, just a a a, a, a new strength to come to them, a new a, a sound mind, fullness, completion, wholeness. Lord, rest wellness health all these things that you bring i pray lord god that we not operate from anything else in our life but your peace and lord god forgive us for ignoring that peace at times forgive us for just kind of putting our head down and going our own way forgive us for that that was wrong and we, we apologize for that and so today today lord we come back to our peace Today we come back to those things in our life that you've given us. And we want to say thank you, Lord God. Thank you for the peace that passes all of our understanding. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give God some praise this morning? Come on.